Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is November 11. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I am uh, I'm doing wonderful. It's, the Masters is here. I've been just getting nostalgic all, all day long. You know, Tiger telling stories, me thinking back to the Bixby house, missing, uh, missing just hanging out with everybody and, and just being locked in on Masters. I know it's that's yeah I I am forlorn about not being together being at the Bixby house there is no you know in real life Bixby house this this year but there is a there is one in spirit I know Miles from Bixby sent us sent me the picture of the old Bixby house with the banner is like feels like five years ago right not the last Masters uh, but we will be doing the podcast up and running all week dailies maybe we got Polly coming we'll do the picks. Fortunately, we can't ask him about Ian Woosnam this year. Maybe I guess we still could ask him about Ian Woosnam. He's just not even an option on the board. He's not playing, sadly. Uh, so we'll still be here. Maybe Hurricane Hurricane Shane may join virtually at some point this week. Smart, Got a couple other. Spartans that can be able to come over and eat all of our chips. Eat all our chips. Uh, so we don't, we'll be, I mean, you know, we're just grateful. It's very odd to be here in November talking masters. We're usually kind of. I wouldn't say coasting, but you know, we're, we're not exactly, you know, in peak form in November when it comes to golf, but you know, it's master's week. We are fired up, ready to go. That's uh, the strangest thing about this. It, I think is the lead in with all the different players. Usually, you know, when you're going to see the guys and you know where you were going to see the guys leading into a, a master's, you've got the players, you've got, the Arnold Palmer, you've got Riviera, you've got, you know, even Valspar, like you've got these staple tournaments that lead into the masters and you, you kind of know the, where you start to kind of clock guys as they're yes. coming in, like, Oh, how's he playing this year? It's just like, okay, the U S open happened. And then it's like, okay, um, this guy's played once this time, you know, this yeah. guy played once at Houston, this guy right. played the CJ cup and the, you know, and uh, Zozo, which were non-cut, non-cut events. Like there wasn't right. that typical. And it, it, it's weird because you're trying to think about all these players, like who do I like, you know, and it's, it's just different than you're <sighs> used to with masters. You're not, it's completely thrown me off in terms of like what I'm looking for from players leading into this tournament. And I would contrast it with, of course, you know, the PGA and the U S open were in unique spots. I guess PGA, not necessarily PGA was kind of in the old spot we were used to in early August, but it's a little different when it's at the same venue, right? Like the masters, uh, you're just used to the cadence of playing the Florida swing, going into the mat, like U S open, 
you know, it bounces around to different great venues, but you know, a change in date is less jarring or less, it, 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 it doesn't have the same impact as the, the cadence of the masters that you're so used to because it never changes venues, of course, very obvious point, but um, let's take care of a little business here at the top uh, before we dive in. We, this is all masters. Well, we, I mentioned Miles, mentioned Bixby, just a little tease. Uh, we have a holiday blend coming out, but we'll talk more about this later in the week. It'll be up and live Wednesday night. I just got to mention holiday blend. It has hints of graham crackers, cinnamon and milk chocolate. Delicious. Now it's still warm here. Again, talking about sort of feeling off with like the whole cadence of things, like thinking of that kind of coffee, I I need the temperatures to dip, but I think it's going to happen real fast. Cinnamon, milk, chocolate, and toasted graham crackers. It's a Nicaraguan and Peruvian blend. So two powerhouses. So we will have a special SGS holiday blend coming. It'll be live on the Bixby site, I think, Wednesday night. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about this that this week. We also have a little bit of merch. Some merchandise is out there. Uh, you know, maybe there's have- green-related items, a hat. Uh, we have merch the- we got to sell, too. We got merch with a deadline. Oh God! Should we? Are we supposed to tell about that? Yeah. I mean, we have services available if you want to buy them. <laughs> this is a. We were informed. We were informed today that we are not allowed to sell services online that we purchased from Tervis. They are only to be sold in Appar- brick, apparently brick, the... brick and mortar stores, which they sold a you know a whole bunch of services to an online retailer. <laughs> can't believe we're talking about this but yeah i guess we didn't read the fine print can't sell tervis online uh we have a lot of tervises sgs tervises uh we do not have a store as far as i know maybe we'll look into it you want to go down to Chowtown, chicago find a corner shop where you can just maybe put a we'll bunch of tervises on a Michigan shelf avenue or something we'll, we'll get on i don't understand the rule we're gonna have to pull those down from the website by the end of the month i guess that's the agreement but yeah, if you're interested in Turfus, I guess go buy one of those. So, that's a Otherwise, kind of classic. I don't know how we're going to get rid of them. Not paying attention, I guess, to the agreement. It seems like an odd rule, but uh, Turfus got in Will Knight's face today and he said, I got some bad news. We're not supposed to be selling these online. I think we should, I think we should go the other way and just invest in a brick and mortar shop. <laughs> Have people come all over from the country just to get a Turfus. So uh we'll sort put, of a, we'll put on the website call call this number to purchase and we will ship it to you oh uh, what a ridiculous rule okay let's get to the masters the schedule for the week all i have is the masters tournament at augusta national the lpga is off until next week the champions tour is wrapped up thanks to kevin sutherland uh there's no European tour, as far as I can tell. No, I don't. No. Do you? What do you? We spent so much time on the Champions Tour on Monday. What do you want to say? Do you have anything? No, about, I don't we're have not doing more than one. Okay. Thank I'm you. not going down the so, Schedule for the week is Masters Tournament. It is on ESPN, one to five, maybe five thirty on Thursday, Friday. It is on CBS from I forget five till five o'clock on Saturday and then it's a 10 to three on Sunday, sort of smaller broadcast windows for a major as is master's custom, but you got masters.com ample digital coverage. Like you can, you can, you can watch whatever you want. I, I will say not to, you know, fluff the masters. They get enough praise. This my group thing is 
effing unbelievable. It is. I, I, it, I watched like the tutorial on like a, the media site or something last end of last week. And I, I was sort of like my mouth was just sort of open agape. Like it, it feels, you know, we got certainly an odd uh, um, sort of a taste of this last year with the every shot of every player thing. But like, this is basically just curating your own broadcast with the players you want to watch. And I think they kind of build it for you, right? You favorite your guy and it doesn't have to be a group. Like it could be a guy from one tea time and a guy from the next tea time and a guy from, you know, and you just sort of have your own broadcast running every shot. And then you can also adjust like just highlight shots and just not ever like you can kind of, you know, build your own broadcast. I, I'm probably not explaining it as well, but I, all I know is it feels like a real sort of game changer, even more so for me, more so than the every shot of every player last year. It's it's unbelievable. It was like, it, you know, this is the thing is they, this is what I appreciate about the Masters. And obviously it's easier for them because they do it one week and they have to get this one. But every year they put every other tournament that hosts golf to shame with what they do. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect mm -hmm. example of, of them just not settling, not resting on their, you know, whatever their wins, their resting on, what's the term? Laurels. 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 That's what I'm uh -huh. looking for. They are uh -huh. resting on their laurels here. You know what they're saying? They they said every shot, if they had just done that again, nobody complains, nobody would say right. anything, but they just took every shot <clears throat> to a whole nother level with this thing. Right. And that's what's so like, impressive. Let's, let's face it. The every shot can become a little bit unwieldy, right? It can just be like, yeah, I know this exists out there, but I don't have the time or ability to look into more than, you know, 0.5% of this, right? Whereas this is like, I mean, this is definitely, this is making your building your own broadcast and they're really doing a lot of the work for you. And I, I, I don't know, again, we're praising the hell out of them, but it does feel, and, and we'll see it in execution before we, give it the final grade, but it really feels sort of mind blowing. And, you know, um, this is a point. So, so the masters is thought of as this, it, it is this a little bit, it's thought of this like super antiquated, restrictive club and tournament. And the broadcast hours are limited, but the origins of it also are like being wildly innovative and wildly sort of progressive in terms of pushing. How do you think it got to be so popular as the youngest, the newest of the four majors? Like the DNA of it is also like Clifford Roberts, like just demanding CBS do this in color or demanding they start using whole diagrams, you know, as props for like a, you know, a, 3D shot tracer, shot tracer diagrams. It's also, he's the one, I think he invented the behind the tee box camera angle. That was never a thing. Like you might be able to see the ball coming off the club. So like the origins of it are, I guess, you know, uh, as sort of people our age, we're used to like, oh, they're so restrictive. They only want you to see so many holes. And so it, it, that is part of it, but also a real part of its DNA has been extremely innovative and tech like pushing for the latest greatest technology and, and that goes back 60 70 80 years so maybe not 80 years 60 I, i'm not bad at math so everybody gets to build their own group out i'm just going to point uh -huh. out <laughs> the master i don't think this is a coincidence the masters put out 
7 a.m. Sandy Lyle. Wait. So, you see, he was in suspenders today. Uh, yeah, it was incredible. That's. I mean, How is we this talked happening? about. It, we How couldn't wait to see what he did this year. He did the the all open championship gear a few years ago at the open. Just all decked out, looked like a looked like a starter on the first tee. Yeah, Marshall. Cha- yeah. yeah, open championship gear. <laughs> Does flimper last year. This year brings out the suspenders and the Scot- Scottish flag uh, shoes. It's like the beauty of like the lifetime invite, right? It's kind of like the, you know, the dad who gets to an advanced age who doesn't care what he looks like walk, taking a walk around the block, doesn't care what he looks like cutting the grass at this point. What was it your dad? What was the story about your dad? Taping, Some taping minor, over, uh, yeah, he taped over the little uh, league. <laughs> he got in a beef with the the little league uh, organizers. So, but he liked his crew neck sweatshirt, so he taped over the logo. <laughs> he just would walk around town with a crew neck sweatshirt with masking tape over the logo of the of the little league organization. Sandy Lyle is now in that territory for me, and thank God for the lifetime invite. His his, his open championship run has ended. Uh, you know, it's. It, expired over there but he's he's gonna keep coming back to the masters out was flipper so he had a kind of ho-hum titleist hat which you know i was disappointing but he made up for it with the suspenders and like eight different shades of blue so lyle is off at 7 a.m are you putting him right in your my watch broadcast for saturday uh, for thursday morning auto ad you know this who's is he playing thing. with by the way who's he's, he playing with he's playing with uh backstopping jimmy walker and uh, Yuxin Lin, the uh, amateur from. Uh... Hey, did you know? You know Yuxin Lin's a lefty. Yeah, I saw that. I was just uh, that's apropos of absolutely nothing. I was just I was interested. I, I'm a big Yuxin Lin, you know, devotee. I was interested. Lefties, I don't know if you've heard, might have an advantage yeah. at Augusta. Maybe it's his time. Maybe he will follow in the lineage of Bubba and Weir. And he's my... the favorite of all of the. Of all the amateurs to win, low amateur uh, to, to be low amateur. Okay, interesting. Great um, name, Yuxton Lin, too. See, so, I think okay. this is important. I think I want to talk about this with when you build my group. When you, uh huh. Now the natural thing, everybody's just going to load up on all the superstars. But Tiger. I would, I would implore you <clears> to add <throat> some characters to your to your my feed because you want you don't want to miss woozy shot. Chunking yes. one into the water on twelve, like you don't want to miss that stuff. You want to see some train wrecks. That's part of the allure of Augusta. You you want to see some horrible shots. This is the, this is the first opportunity you really have to build a a comprehensive group that shows you all varieties of of play out there. Absolutely, the tapestry of the master's experience is not just tiger and phil on their way to a 70 or something like that the tapestry is woozy maybe not making it to the to the short side of ray's creek you know maybe not making (laughs) like fall of chunking it short or webb simpson shanking one on 16 t into you know the the TV observation tower. Uh, there's, there's, or Ernie like, Ells, wow. seven putting, the first screen. How, how would you, wouldn't you like to see that first? Or maybe JB Holmes not being able to get his, you know, practice, pre shot practice routine off in time for the, the producers to say the hell with this guy. So that what we've, and this was 
the great reward of 2019 beyond just Tiger winning was in terms of that kind of peripheral amusements and pleasures. I I think it was an all time masters and and that will happen again this year. Uh, So that's your one sort of my group tip as we all kind of jump into this new experience of how to consume the masters. Yeah. You know, I used to be a, I used to be a subscriber of NBA league pass. I don't have the time Uh to watch it just, a ridiculous amount of NBA games anymore, but mm-hmm. the best league pass teams aren't always the best teams, right? Yep. You, yep. you like watching certain teams for certain things and they aren't necessarily always the best teams. They might have an ex- exciting young player. They might have an exciting old player. They might have, they might be just a complete right. train wreck and you just can't stop watching the train wreck. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason mm-hmm. we love reality TV is sometimes because people can't get out of their own way and they're just complete morons. And and now with this my group, you can watch just train wrecks. It's it's gonna be glorious. Is there anybody you know you're definitely not gonna put in my group? Like you know it's just like this is the uh, there's there's nothing here. Right off the bat, you ready for it? Andrew Landry. Yeah. Not going in my group. What's he? How's he? He won huh. San Antonio, in, right? I think that's why he's in there. Last year? No. Maybe. Maybe he was a top 50 or something at the end of the year. Okay. I don't, not top or, or maybe 50. he might have made Atlanta. Could have made Atlanta last year after a win. He didn't make that Atlanta. Really? I think no. he probably did after winning. Um, all right. Well, he got so in because that, the win. Is Texas after? I thought Texas was before the Masters last year, right? So he would have played in the 2019 Masters off that. Shows how well prepared we are here. I think, who cares about this? Andrew Landry's method of qualification. Are are there any guys, do you have any tips? Do you have any players that you must add in? Do you have any recommendations? I think early, we're talking early Thursday. I, I think, you know, Lyle is a good one. I think you need the, the masters is the masters because of these former champs. I think Sandy Lyle is a must add first off. I think wardrobe plays a part of that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, early. I think, you know, late. I want Brendan Todd in there. I think you want to see somebody who can play a golf course. He's going to be limping around. The green. That's not because he dropped the weight on his toe. <laughs> I guess he's got some, backpack activation or some luggage activation really yeah i don't, I don't want to give the brand away. Uh, maybe a competitor or something but if they make luggage and he posted some picture he's like in shorts and his golf shirt he's got this backpack and someone sent it to us it's like this is literally like the first day of boarding school kid you know because he he just looks giddy it's like this first day of school picture <laughs> but I, if you want to watch somebody play the golf course, I got to, I got to throw Brendan Todd in there. So, um, and then I, any unwatchables, unwatchables, Tyler Duncan, for sure. <laughs> He's in there. That's I think I might put VJ in the must watch. If I, if I'm being honest, Weirzy has got to be in must watch. Mike Weir has got to be a must watch. Let me ask you, and this is no offense. This is no offense. This is, I'm ripping this from my tea times list. Do you think it's a coincidence that the Masters put um, put VJ with two like preeminent uh, K- Corn Ferry Tour grads 
you know, as was it a punishment to VJ for taking corn fairy for threatening to take for corn threatening fairy? to take? Yeah. Do you think they yeah. they're like, well, maybe we should put them with two guys that could be on the corn fairy tour next year, and nobody would know. You think they're, you know, the Masters tournament committee when they're in the, they're in the war room making tea times? They think they're going that deep, thinking about Corn and Fairy Tour dramas when they're putting tea times together. That um, that might be the most <laughs> slanderous thing I ever say about a former number one player in the world. <laughs> okay, um, so that's my group. Any other thoughts on that? I mean, this, this we weren't planning to go into that, but when we're talking TV times and schedule, I think it's worth. VJ shouting out. VJ is a good my group guy. Yeah, of course he is. Hey, well, all right, we're on tea times. Who cares? Let's let's just go into it. What are your early thoughts on going off one or ten? I mean, seven a.m. Well, you got to do it 10, both. 10, you got to do either each of them. You know, so it's not like it's not like you don't have to go off ten if you go off one the first day. I think that gets Accurate. lost on people. You know, that's accurate. Oh, he's got a tough draw. He has to go off 10. And, you know, it's like, well, you'd have to go off 10 tomorrow if you didn't go off today. Right. And and everybody's going to get a pretty early tea time. You know, there's not a lot of daylight. It's not like the end of the morning wave is at, you know, 10, <clears throat> 10 o'clock or 1030. Like, there's always that complaint about Tiger. Does he have to go late early? Uh, you know, I think him going at early right off the bat is fine. The you know, other but, thing is Tiger plays notoriously early practice round. Right. It is not a disadvantage for him to go out. That's when he plays golf. Right. Right. Um, I would say that if you look at it, 10 and 1 are both pretty tough starting holes. You know, 11 is a very hard next hole, and 12, you got a, a birdie op. Obviously, 10 through 12 is a little bit tougher three-hole stretch than one through three. That being said, I think that you get through 10 through 12, say one over par, then you've got a ton of birdies left. And I, I, one of the things that, that could be a huge advantage is getting two and three in the meat of your round when you're all warmed up, you're feeling really good, you're, you're comfortable could be a nice thing to hit those holes and get those birdie holes in the meat of your round. Whereas you wouldn't, you, you know, usually you could get, you could be nervy and you get through one and two, you're still a little nervy and three, you're not really that comfortable. Like it takes some guys a little while to get into the round, especially at the masters where regardless of who you are, you are going to be nervous on the first tee. And even the guys that have played there all the time, I imagine it's going to be a really weird feeling on the tee for the first time without anybody around, you know, for them. Like it's, nobody's going to be comfortable out there the first few holes. Right. Right. Uh, Do you want to do favorite tee times now or later? Sure. What we're talking about. Okay. What are some of your early... The groupings are out, um, you know, that's what they finish at, like 90, 91, 92 players. It's, it's a compact tee sheet, especially with the, you know, both tees in play this year. I You go first. I, I you know, not done my great research. I have a couple I know I want to hit on. But who, as always, of course, of course done a wonderful the Masters, job. yeah, they never kind of give you the super group. They dabble a little bit, sprinkle them about. So, you know, one group that just <laughs> stuck off the page to me 
Phil, Abe Answer, and Burnt Cheeseburger. What is that group? That's awesome. Do, do you know how short Abe Answer is going to look next to those two guys? <laughs> the cheeseburger. Those yeah. are like two of the bigger golfers. And then you put them with like one of the shortest guys. Right. Abe Answer is going to look like a little kid in that group. <laughs> That's true. That's true. What so about just for contrast in size? I think that's a, a extremely watchable group. Abe Answer also. I was looking at the Golf Week uh, uh, Sagarin rankings. He's like ninth in the Sagarin rankings. Wow! Which it, I don't think I knew that. Golf Week Sagarin rankings are, I think, a pretty cool ranking. They basically it's based off of head to heads. So yes. you know who's has the best head to head record um, over tournaments, and so he's like. According to that, top 10 player in the world. Now, Phil is not a top 10 player in the world. And uh, Wiesberger, obviously, he plays really well in in Europe. But uh, another one, Brooksy, JT, and Fitzy. Matt Fitzpatrick kind of trying to keep up with the, the big hitters there, or the longer guys. Do you think with it with it being a you know a Kentucky guy, a Florida guy, they wanted to get that big market draw in that group? Is that what they were thinking with Fitzy? They're going for ACC, SEC, Big Ten, just kind of spreading out the the fan basis there. Everybody yeah. gets a little piece of that action. They they no, start I to think... think about it on the they look at the map and they say, Where are we drawn from? They draw from Chicago there. From a style of play standpoint, I think it'll be interesting to watch. Matt Fitzpatrick has played well at Augusta National. He's very well put a lot of low rounds, low round of the day, you know, to his name over you know his several years as a participant or an invitee. He's played well there, and I think it's fascinating to watch him come right out of the gates with uh, in between Thomas and Kepka. Um, what else you got? I got I got two thick boys, Rom and Bryson. And Usti. What a great group this is. This is an awesome group. This is... <clears throat> I mean, talk about a clash of personalities. You know, Rom sort of freaking out. Bryson, like, sort of having mental breakdown of, at every little thing that goes wrong. <clears throat> and Louis Ustase and just casually taking his runner-ups, the runners up, and, you know, Thinking about going the on his merry way. Yeah. A real contrast in sort of temperament, as we as they will say on the broadcast. Something I think group. could happen here from this pairing. I think a big thing could happen. I think Bryson could really get into Usti's mattress, former mattress stick. What does that mean? I'm surprised he doesn't already. Ship a mattress around. Bring his own bed for sort yeah. of being, you know, we're 20. That was his quote today. We're 20 years ahead of everybody else when it comes mm-hmm. to like physical therapy and muscle development, which maybe his trainer is. What I don't, I don't know. Well, like Bryson the thing, taking credit for it. I don't know if he's doing like everything LeBron does for his body, but I, from like all signs point to LeBron being arguably the best at maintaining a body short of ever yeah sure sure and i know like he's like i i was listening to a podcast that jared dudley was talking about how lebron like sleeps in a hyperbolic chamber hyperbaric hyperbolic hyperbolic too but yeah Uh, (laughs) 
Well, so I, I'm actually shocked Bryson isn't there either. You're right. That seems like his next great frontier. He will. He, I'm sure if he was doing it, he would be telling us all about yes. it because that's kind of his his move. Uh, how he's all the stuff he's trying and the you know how he's ahead of everybody. We would have heard about it if he was. It Did seems you like hear that's the, the next one question, question that a, a reporter asked? Like, <laughs> is there stuff you're doing that you're not telling us? And he was like, Oh, oh of course, of course. There's, he was giddy. There's tons like, of there's... stuff I'm doing that obviously like, everything I tell you, anybody can go do. Proprietary. It's yeah. proprietary. This is like just surface level stuff. You guys don't see what's actually going on behind the scenes. It's like, all right, like he's, you know, race to the atom bomb back home on the range. Um, so, what <laughs> else man, do you got? The Manhattan <laughs> Project. Yes. Yes. Like it's it's I top secret. I feel like secret. we could call it something else for Bryce. Yeah, we'll, the, we'll come the chocolate up with milk the project or something like that. Uh, <laughs> all right think on that um what did you, hey what'd you make a westy straw getting uh kevin nah kind of a tortoise and also a little bit of a a, a whiner a complainer a little bit of a, a head case when it and matt kuchar who's just don't, sort of a goofball don't like it i don't like that either for westy at all good thing he's got his lady on the bag you know yeah, Helen, first yeah. debut, making her master's caddying so, debut. The nice thing is Wesley doesn't he doesn't have to go far for good conversation. You know, they can talk about well, their next island vacation, uh, you know, wines and cheeses and meats. Well, we praised the master's digital team for the my group development and their technical. We should talk about the app just momentarily. Uh, pro wins is a category yeah. in everybody's bio. And they're not counting. They're only counting PGA Tour wins. It's Tommy Fleet with a zero. Lee Westwood has two career w- wins. No, it's not career. They say Oof. pro wins, which makes it even worse. Like, if you're going to say, like, you know, PGA Tour wins, it still sort of obfuscates the guy's c- accomplishments. But if you're, like, going to call them pro wins, that's just an outright fabrication and lie. And, they're, you know, Oof, o- he only has one. That's unbelievable. A four, I, or, or, I, yeah, a, a, a major champion with just one win. This is some like World Golf Hall of Fame, PGA Tour, thumb on the scale shenanigans that, that I just didn't expect from the Masters. And maybe it's some glitch in the inputs of how the app was developed. But it's I, I'm waiting for sort of the European press to like lose their mind. Like, oh, this is why it's only the U.S. Masters. It's not the Masters Masters. It's just yeah, that's a little why disappointing. The, Span- the Spanish Masters is an important tournament. The right. Andal- so Andalusia to- Masters, my bad. Just in the interest of equal time, while we, you know, obviously praise the very strong develop, much more important development of my group, we do have to, you know, drum up some foul outrage around the how they're they're listing pro quote pro wins uh, on the app in their bio. All right, the the two win Westy, not not a great draw for him. You ready for my next favorite group? What's that? Abel Gallegos. Isn't it Gallegos? Gallegos. Gallegos. He's he he's a thick boy, I believe. He, he might be a little bit thick, of a thick boy. boy. Pounds it. Seventeen-year-old Argentine, Argentinian, Argentine, Argentinian, I believe it is. Um, and he's he drew hot Charl, guy rolling around in a Panama hat, <laughs> playing a clear golf ball. 
And then he's got the balloon boy, Jason Day. So you put the 17-year-old with with a guy that's, you know, just strutting his Panama hat, and the other guy's going to be rolling around on the ground, blown into balloons before his tea time. <laughs> like, what a spot for a 17-year-old. That might be in my group to just the whole group you might want to put up in your broadcast feed. So, uh, what you know what I like? I like couples and Homa together. I don't oh, yeah. like Fratelli. He really gets under my skin. Fratelli, Fortnite Fratelli bugs the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> is it but because I, is it because of this Jack Nicholas thing? when they were the COVID boys that together. bugged me yeah yeah he's just I think he's slow if I'm not mistaken he's just always rubbed me the wrong way but Homa and Freddie I think is a really cool group they're gonna just um, talk talk sports you know that's true that's true how about Reed and Finau in the same group I think is a cool contrast of, of mm-hmm. strategy and style to watch who's the and third in that group Casey so another Paul striker has done well. There's somebody posted some digital. He's such a phony. Never mind. He was I think he he popped up in my feed today in some video. He's being such a phony. Anyways, uh, okay. What else is that? It for tea times. That's, Any that's others? A, marquee. I, I mean, there's the the easy ones. I mean, you got the Tiger, Shane Lowry, Andy Ogletree. Of course, that's interesting, right? You know. Sure. How about Jordan Spieth not getting a presser? <clears throat> so I was wondering, do you think he requested not to have one? Or they probably. just said he didn't make it? I think I think they would I think they probably extended the invitation. Although when they tell you you need to have a press conference, you have a press conference. That's the one place. Matt the US Open, they, they'll blow those guys off. They'll blow off the PGA if they played poorly. If the green jacket Ask them or tells them hey, you'll talk to the press here and now they listen. Um, so, but but part of me thinks he maybe requested. I don't want to go there and do a thirty-minute press conference where everybody asks me about like my swing thoughts, how bad it's been. You know, I, I could see him maybe trying to not do that, or I just don't. I, I see it more that way than Augusta National being like you don't make the cut, but you know Tyrrell Hatton will have one. So, what about what uh, else? Bubba Wolf and Fleetwood. That's obviously a big one. Very cool. Good group. It, it's the, DJ, the, DJ, the thing Cant, with, DJ Cantley and Rory is as close to a super group as you get. Yeah, that is that. That's yes. That that's as closest to a super group as Augusta will go. So. I almost would. They, they would almost yeah. look like they put those three guys together as like three guys that all could like best three of the best contenders that don't have a green jacket. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. Should we do an ad read? Sure. Let's do an ad read for our friends at Rucket sponsoring us this master's week. They set up a contest, by the way, running through December. They sponsored the Frank Stranahan spotlight, which uh, I think people seem to enjoy. I know we enjoyed researching it and talking about it. But uh, they sponsored that spotlight, sponsoring us here on Masters Week. They've set up their own URL. It's rucket.com slash shotgun start. They're giving away two SPDR portable driving ranges. That's the net. That's the 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 mat, the tri-turf mat. Uh, it's and like a, a discount almost... code just for signing up. You get something just for going on there and entering your email. 
Yeah. So we're not even demanding you go buy something. You were demanding you enter a contest to win maybe a $300 or $280 portable driving range, two of them. And then if you don't win, you have 20% off on whatever you want to get, which is better than the discount code we've been offering until now. SGS yeah. 15. That's just 15, not 20. I think. Seriously, um, they're giving, they're just giving away better discount codes than they gave us. We had a friend of the program asked us to hook up, hook, hook them up with Rocket for a, a a gift guide, holiday gift guide. So it's that is anecdotal, anecdotal, unsponsored, you know, corroboration that this is a good product. They're throwing, you know, so a friend of the program has dabbled with Rocket is now putting them in a gift guide that he or she may be creating for another media company. So, I think we should do but, a gift guide this year. No. No, but it, what I'm gonna, is I'm going to do it myself. The shop you trying to just get a bunch of free guys. stuff sent to no, you? No, I'm not going to take any free stuff. It's just we're not going to be the first full disclosure holiday gift guide. Every, will you, will every you, person on this list has paid the shotgun start is well, existing or former advertiser with us or something that we make money off of. Holiday gift guide, uh, SGS Tervis must be purchased by November 29th. <laughs> That's your gift guide. All right. Um, so rocket.com slash shotgun start. Go to that URL, enter the contest, get two driving ranges, and you'll get 20% code off of, uh, it's, I think that's a good holiday gift, like a legit gift that you know will get used. Uh, okay. Thanks to Rocket for sponsoring us. Masters about League. Rocket or Tervises? Rocket. I'm talking okay. about Rocket. That's like an actual. I just want to make sure. I think a Tervis so, would get used a lot too. That's true. That's, you're trying to still push these services. <laughs> <laughs> you might be have to go into get some commercial real estate in Chicago to put these ter get rid of these services. I'm sure there's plenty of commercial I see what you're real estate <laughs> agents or commercial real estate people that listen to the pod that are licking their chops. <laughs> We got some cups we got to get rid of. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, okay. Thanks to Rocket again. Let's move on. Can I do my own little segment if, if here? You're, if you're a golf pro and want to sell shotgun start services. Oh, your pro you stop. <laughs> stop. God. <laughs> Read the fine print if you do business with Tervis. <laughs> Great, great products. I love tournaments. I know. I have like a hundred of them. My I don't wife think I've it. ever been more excited about a merch item. But we didn't read the fine print. Okay. So we get a lot of stuff. We get a lot of tips. Most ridiculous rumors we've heard from the ground or people who know people who are heard from a member or heard from an employee. Now, these are harmless, I should say. They are not vetted. They are so ridiculous that, I, that they're amusing, and that's why I'm passing them on, and I would not take them with the kernel of truth. Uh, but I feel like they're enjoyable. They could be so, true, though. And if they could be true. And if they're harmful, I would not – we would vet them before passing them on. So – I'm going to go in order of most ridiculous, which this person is adamant, adamant that this is the case. They suggested that Tiger, you know, catnip for all the ages, the champion's dinner, the menu. He was serving like fajitas 
at the champions dinner. And apparently like he needs them and wants them to be like chilies. That's his fajita. That's like that, that hits his sweet spot. And like he had like, they, they demanded like the head chef at Chili's like come to Augusta and like demonstrate how they make the best, like the fajitas that Tiger likes. Ridiculous rumor. I don't, I am very dubious. This person's adamant that that's how it went down. I did. I highly doubt it did, but I'm amused by, you know, cook from Chili's or the CEO. Some probably someone of distinction going to Augusta national and attempting to uh, show their fajita method for Ty- to suit Tiger's champions. Interesting. Journey. You know, there's a Chili's right in Jupiter. <laughs> Not too far from, from the, the Woods compound. So do you, does that make this rumor true now? That's the research to corroborate the investigative research? Do you think he goes there over going to the Woods? Do you think he just longs for... Uh... No, no. No. Ridiculous rumor. I don't believe next. But I, I guess, you know, I'm not dismissing it out of hand completely. Next rumor. I think I, I, I'm, I don't believe it floating around that Bryson apparently came into or got some greens reading book and he's trying to memorize the whole thing between now and Thursday. <laughs> furiously trying to memorize the green, a greens reading book. I, I don't know who did it or when, if it's illegal or how it was constructed, but that he has a greens reading book for Augusta national. And he's trying to memorize it between, you know, whatever he got it and, and Thursday rumor. I I'm highly skeptical of doesn't seem possible. Doesn't seem likely. You like that one? I love that one. Do you believe it? No. I do. Actually. I, I, I could see him jotting and trying to maybe he's got like a, a stencil set out like a tracing paper and he's trying to transpose it onto his his yardage book. Last rumor, and this comes in the Bryston mold of hitting it over the net. It comes from folks kind of uh, familiar with Augusta is that he hit the media center on the other end of the range. I mean, the media center is so far away or the press building is so far away. And he talked about it, I believe, with Sean Zock, golf.com, that he was like, he'd have to like kind of maneuver it through some trees that they put out there because they put different like features on the on the tournament practice area, as it's called, I believe. Um, I don't know but if that it was he, there. He, he hit one off the he hit one off the press building. I, I I I know he was talking about doing it, but I feel like if he had done it, we would have heard more about it by now. I think in that interview, he also said something like ridiculous that made me go, what? <clears throat> was he was talking about driving the first green because Jack said he might be able to drive the first green. And he said like, oh, well, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, I'd need to get here. I only can hit it, you know, some speed after I've hit like a hundred, hundred plus drivers. And I thought to myself like, yeah, I was wondering about Wait, that. Wait, what? You you can hit like a hundred plus drivers full bore, and you start getting longer. Like that, there's no no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. You just like, really talked yourself out of that quickly. But yeah, no, I agree. Like I, I, I remember hearing that. A hundred really hard driver swings. Like how long of a period of time are we talking? Like. Are you sitting hitting driver all day long? 
I didn't understand that. I, I get like needing like four or five or 10 or something to kind of get loose and warmed up. 100? But why Why is he not? A, why does it take that many swings to get to max speed? So the point was like it can't happen on the first hole because whatever, it's it's too early in his sort of speed regimen for the day or whatever's happening. And if but. you if it take if you get to that speed, wouldn't isn't that the speed you'd want to go out? Wouldn't that be fully warmed up? Yes. Yes. So wouldn't that I, be where you would go to the first tee after that many swings? Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. It seemed nonsensical. I, I, I agree. I, I do remember pausing when I heard that, as we do often with many things that, that Bryson says. Uh, so that's that's ridiculous rumor segment. There, there are several others, but those seem like the most harmless. You know, Chili's got, you know, tutorial on how to make fajitas. And uh, yeah, Green's reading book. Hitting the hitting the media tenor. I don't All know right, if you heard, next? but there was a hole in one today. Yeah, tweet of the day, tweet of the week comes from I don't, I don't know. Reed. I think it was Reed Shelley. So the best, the most unexpected part, or the the least surprising part, I should say. You know, kind of surprising to see a ball skip across water, take the slope, funnel all the way down to the hole. All in one, but the least surprising, the reliable, the thing we could count on in a time of the mystical and supernatural moment is Ricky there to congratulate John Rom for his skip it ace. Great tweet. First bro to congratulate John Rom. He was there with the big high five, as always. He's on the spot, viral Rick. So, uh, should we talk about Bryson? Well, or did you want us to have more to say about Rom's hole in one? No, that's it. It was cool. Uh, I got four Bryson? things to watch. Okay, do that. Do that then. What's your four things to watch? I gave it one extra for the in in uh it's in honor of the extra hundred FedEx Cup points that they're playing for this week <laughs> than they did in Bermuda. So three becomes four because of the extra FedEx. Because they're you. playing for six hundred FedEx Cup points this week. Thank you. Good. Appreciate that. Number one Appreciate thing to watch, weather. Okay. So it's going to piss, pissing down all day, every day, maybe all day. You know, we've got people involved with, you know, peripherally involved, say they think it could be Monday finish if it just pours. I don't know. Uh, You know, it really needs to be dangerous conditions or raining a lot, right, for them Mm -hmm. to stop it. Of course, of course, has drainage well and all sorts of technology to keep it playable, but... You know, there may be a delay or two. What what about the weather that intrigues you? I just the Monday finish potential obviously is there, but then how the, it changes the golf course. Um, <clears throat> I think you heard you saw Tiger talk about how hard it's going to be to chip. Um, he talked about how guys are changing their wedge setup, how they're getting more slow or more uh, bounce uh, to combat. You know, Bermuda when it's wet, it's not fun to chip off of. So that's obviously one thing. Uh, and then obviously with constricted daylight, weather delays are not your friend trying to get a tournament done or trying to get a tournament done. The interesting thing, what happens if they have delays and they're, they could get it done Sunday afternoon. What do you mean? Telecast NFL. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's really, yeah. 
they have a little bit of a buffer there. Like it's supposed to end at like two thirty, do the ceremony, all that stuff. It's done out at three. CBS has no, as far as I can tell, no nothing between three to four. Like they don't have an NFL game going right until four. Uh, yeah. Wow. That would be a lot of powerful people trying to figure out what the hell to do and wanting their way with certain things. I, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to hazard a guess. I think Did the they Masters. Kick it to ESPN. Would, Maybe, maybe they I gotta I don't have know. a plan, right? I'm sure they will have a plan in place uh, by Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that they do now. We'll see. Uh, okay, what else do you have to watch? Rory. Okay. Almost seven years now since his last major. Seven years. Holy shit! You're right. So, uh, Prince of Panavidra. he seems very relaxed. I think he, he does. I think this, the whole changing the time when it is, it could be a good thing for him. Yeah. Just These the, are the very whole change up. Non analytical points, but Rory seems to exist in the, you know, in exist in that world where, you know, those things kind of matter preparation or, vibes my least favorite word in the world uh sort of matters and maybe this is the time and place to pick it off no fans no anxiety no weight of all those people trying to push him to beat pat reed's ass um or no cadence of playing you know getting asked about it at bay hill or you know wherever else they play you know on his preparation through march or the west coast he hates he hates being asked about the masters all the time he hates q1 for that reason just because everything he does is framed within how it will play for the masters or how it's preparation for the masters i know he absolutely hated that and he you know tried every which way to kind of ignore it treat it as another tournament treat it as like the biggest thing in the world so maybe this change up does does him wonders so Next one, 26 first timers. That just seems like a lot. I didn't wow. I, I don't know if this, I didn't do any research. I uh <laughs> I heard the number and I was like, "Wow. That seems like a lot of first timers." So, yeah. I would right. say that's usually in the teens, the mid mid teens somewhere, but that again is an unresearched guess. So, but based it, on somebody might say, "Hey, you're an idiot. This is how many first timers but i wasn't gonna do all the counting so uh, is there a first timer that you think has the best shot of course no rookie has won it since 1979 fuzzy zeller i think only a couple other uh, but jack uh, there's not many it's very hard to win as a rookie is there a first timer that you'd like to contend any uh, of them yeah yeah uh i mean matthew wolf why why wouldn't you go against the guy that's finished top four in both majors he's played in you know, he's played in only two majors and immediately acquitted himself quite well. So oh, that's, that's his press conference yesterday was amazing. Just you can tell he's a young kid. I think you referred to Fred Ridley as the commissioner <laughs> at some point, like, you know, he's Tim Fincham or whatever. Uh, just not yet adopted the lang the lingo or maybe the, the, tone and delivery that a lot of other veterans do when they arrive at the masters he was great to watch okay and then uh number four uh jt obviously one thing that's been very hit on 
we've talked about it numerous times. Bryson not being able to use the green reading books and putting extremely mm-hmm. bad. He's been the worst putter in the field the last three years in, uh, in strokes game putting. You know who also has been horrible at putting at, at the Masters and might explain his rather disappointing finishes at the Masters? What? Who? Justin Thomas. Oh, yeah. You're the person we're talking about. Sorry, I was trying to find first-time invitees there. Yeah, he's gotten better each year. His result has been improved each year, but his putting's been just a mess. Is that yeah. what you're saying? So his putting, okay. I think Justin Ray pulled this a couple weeks ago, and I believe he of the 59 players who've played the last four Masters, he is 53rd out of 59 in strokes gained putting. So you know you're talking not good. Another That's guy, good. and it's another guy that if you watch him read a putt, he looks in his book more than he looks at the putt. He does do that. You're right. He does do that. Although he he tried to he articulated it quite elegant eloquently today, talking about playing slopes and feel and intuition. But yeah, he does he does flip the book up in quite a bit. JT, another one. You talked about Tiger with the the chipping and Bermuda. I think JT used the word sketchy, sketchy spots around the green, which, you know, probably don't love to hear. But he said it in good nature, like this is the time of year. You know, Bermuda, it's, it's you know, balls are going to pop or there's going to have top spin and they're going to go on you and they're going to pop up and you didn't expect it and they're gonna not going to do as many bump and runs. And Bryson seemed... <clears throat> sort sort of perturbed by that. So he prefers thinks he's a good bump and run player. So again, you know, this is, a, this is a larger point aside from JT, but when he talked about the, the ball is really kind of scooting away from you, but everybody's got to do it. I think that's just something to watch. There's, I don't know if that does that sort of level the playing field, like the Supreme short game players, that unpredictability, or does it favor them? Cause they can deal with that unpredictability or, or is it, is it kind of a mud ball situation where it totally wipes out all the skill? Uh, what do you it's, think? It's a good question. I, I would think the better players is going to thrive more. I, I mean, like, you know, people complain about the Poe, Poe greens and the West coast, you know, uh-huh. just, eats up those greens like Jordan Spieth, Jason Day, Brant Snedeker, like all the time. And those are three of the best putters on the tour, right? Phil yep. is another guy that, that puts well out there and he's a pretty good putter. Um, I think with the chipping, one of the things that you're going to have to have is you're going to have to have a lot of shots in your arsenal. And when you think about, and when you think about this, and when I was watching Bryson's press conference today, it got it jogged this memory, it jogged this thought about how his win at, at Wingfoot, the weakest part of his game going into Wingfoot, and has always been the weakest part of the game, has been chipping with those really long irons. You know, yeah. like it's yeah. hard to chip with a seven iron length club around the greens. Right. But Wingfoot, all he needed to do was hit one type of shot all around. You know, when he missed the green, unless he was on the, you know, short in the fairway, if you're in the rough, it was just like grab the 60, hit an explosion, like bunker shot, flop it up in the air, land it soft. Right. And I think 
this week with all the varied, the hairy lies, the different lies, the the wet, soft, you know, surrounds and firm, maybe firmer greens with the, you know, which is one of the toughest things to play. I think the guys that are magicians are going to have an advantage. A big one. Do because, you, do, like, other guys are just not going to know what to do. And could get frustrated. JT one is one major playing out of Bermuda, chipping out. I, I know what like some of those approach shots got a little, but you know, remember he hold out Quail Hollow thirteen mm-hmm. from like he he's, and of course he lives in Florida and probably pretty well accustomed to. It. I think it's just the mix, right? They don't know. Sometimes they're going to sit down in Bermuda. Sometimes it'll feel like a little bit of an April feel to it. It just, it just seems like a real mix this week. And then so. they're going to be really soft because of the rain, right? And right, then it's, and then the greens might be a little bit firmer with the sub air, which is the hardest combo when it's soft surrounds, firmer greens. Yep. Okay. Four things. I like it. What do you, what do you think? Just do you think Justin Thomas is? Are you fading him then this week? Based on we'll have Paulie coming in a little bit. Why is I, he a fourth? He's one of your four things. He's just a fascinating I, I got case study. JT and Br- Bryson are that's the fourth thing. I'm just really curious to watch them and see if they struggle putting again. And then, like, okay. it starts to point to something if they do, because both of them, I mean, the last time we saw JT, he was hooping everything. And um, and then Bryson is a top 10 putter on tour. And and they would yeah. really point to something with the green reading books, I, I think. All right, you mentioned Bryson. Let's do a little bit on Bryson and Phil, and then kind of transition into Fred Ridley. So Phil. Bryson... Phil, well, Phil's comments today. Bryce, so Bryson apparently still might use the 48-inch driver. Hadn't really tested it, although as he avowed, he vowed to test, you know, tested. What did he say he's going to hit it 2,000 times between whatever Shriners and now? And so he just started testing it. He's four shafts and finally figuring out a shaft that works best or something. I, I I don't understand. I, I think he's just play he's kind of jerking us around to keep it keep it in the headlines, keep it in the content machines going. But apparently forty eight inches is still in play. I don't know. Uh, Phil had an interesting point, or uh, interesting a word for it, that he thinks we are fast on the way to everybody carrying you know quote-unquote two drivers everybody having the 48 inch driver did you see this everybody's gonna have the 48 inch driver and then they're gonna have like the weak driver which is essentially a two-wood and that we're all everybody it's, that's gonna be the the sort of accepted practice and more of the norm and you know i guess it sort of makes sense there are some clubs in the bag that are becoming if not obsolete maybe inefficient if you only get 14 i i don't know like a lawn iron how often are you using those anymore is it more advantageous to stuff two drivers in there or two approximate drivers i i don't know i thought that was an interesting comment phil's always playing the angles but he thinks that we're well on our way maybe that's just because that's what he's doing this week i don't know well he's been a pioneer two driver uh you know bag setup do you He's think that's real, like realistic? Yeah, I do. Like, what does Bryson ever need? Like, half he doesn't. Why would he ever need a five iron, really? Outside of like, if a par three called for it. Yeah. 
You know, yeah. he might use a five iron once in a round. Might. I mean, it's a, and it's a thing you can make that week. You know, it's a decision you can toggle at the start of that week or even the start of that round based on. You and know, you could adjust your time. iron loss by, you know, degrees through the bag, so you make up, mitigate that, and then you, like, I'd love to see Bryson carry like seven wedges. Yeah, not a bad. Like I, make a mockery of the game, where it's like I just. I'm going to carry a ton of wedges that are all two lofts apart. And then I'm going to carry like four other irons. Hit pitching wedge into 13 driver pitching wedge into 13 on Monday. I guess it was Bryson props longest drive. This is via will gray over under longest drive. 385.5. Would you take the over there? Would you 385.5? I'm trying to think where that happens Two. 10 15 2 yeah yeah uh i i think i might take the under i don't know unless unless it becomes a total just vanity circus show like he's you know out of the contention and he's just sort of wailing away doing his histrionics his pirouettes as he go on the follow through thing it could could take me over then but it feels like wet uh any drive of 400 yards is plus 500 any eagle is plus 160 um I like tiger the eagle props bat. yeah he's gonna have an eagle right yeah am i too bullish on that so uh so those are some prices 385.5 i found interesting okay so phil's talking about everybody carrying two drivers bryson's talking about you know hitting you know 144 mile per hour club club speed stuff like that which brings us to wednesday Ideally, you're listening to this Wednesday. Fred Ridley may have already talked when you're listening to it, listening to it but the uh, chairman of Augusta National, it's pretty much essentially the only time of the year, the one time of the year that he fields questions, he, you know, makes statements at other points, but where he is open to questions and, you know, often uses it as a sort of state of the union, state of the game address. It feels... There have been many more um, sort of contentious moments, I would say, for the club, right? Whether it's, you know, the Martha Burke shit swirling around or, I don't know, Billy Payne sort of wading into the Tiger uh, infidelity stuff. Like, you know, sort of, I guess, salacious or contentious moments where these press conferences took on different lives. Um, and But in terms of the golf side of things, this feels like a real moment. He doesn't need to come out and say the ball is being rolled back. We're announcing a turn, turny, uh, turny ball. But the USGA released their, you know, pretty star- strong language in their whatever that's called. What a distance insights report finding, like preliminary findings or something. Like the strongest language yet. I just think it's a real moment that I expect Ridley to sort of meet. And may- maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's, but with, the entire Bryson circus going on and the, the, this tournament has been consumed by where Bryson will hit the ball relative to how the course was intended or relative to how we've watched it and seen it played previously. Um, I'm expecting to hear some things from Ridley. What do you, what do you expect and what do you think will actually happen or what do you want? What do you want him to say? Uh, I I don't know. 
what he's gonna say. Well, there you go. That's why you're here. I appreciate I, it. I, I would. Li I'd like him to say something. I I think like the thing that has been missed is everybody talks about the balls. It's also the driver had, and you heard Tiger talk about it in his press conference today, where he talked about when I came on tour, hitting the center of the club face was important, and I just happened to have some speed. And I hit the center and of the I, club face a lot, and, and I, I happened to have a little bit of speed. I love how he said it so passively, like, uh, you know, uh, just kind of casually happened to hit, like, nut it right in the center of the club face with high speed. <laughs> but go ahead. And that's um, the type of golf that I think I would like to see is where if you're going to swing with reckless abandon, you're going to swing as hard as you can, there needs to be some risk that's associated with swinging that way. And right now, if you're if you're a 15 handicap, there's risk swinging anyway. But right now, if you're a, a tour pro level player or really good amateur player, you can swing very hard without many repercussions. Mm -hmm. And that's, I would like to see speed, effortless speed, mm -hmm rewarded again like that ernie that ernie speed that tiger speed where it you know ernie didn't look like he was swinging hard but he had just that unbelievable ability to create the speed at the very bottom of the swing and hit it flushed it dead center all day yeah do you think he'll come out with any? It's hard to predict. That's it's fruitless to predict. But you think he should? You think it's time I mean, I just, that, to meet this moment? I think with where golf is, and I was thinking about this the other day. It's Augusta's been, you know, always. I think the old mentality at Augusta is like, oh, well, we could we're the we're Augusta National. We can just buy the land. We can expand. We can do this. We've got the money to do it, right? But as we've seen them be very forward thinking and we haven't even talked about the Lee elder stuff or the scholarships, but they have been very socially conscious and forward thinking the last few years with the decisions they've made. And one of the biggest concerns in golf is sustainability. And it's, it's, it's one of the biggest concerns of the world right now. And it's not sustainable to keep expanding golf courses to curtail to the like, 0.01% of golfers. Cater. Yeah. No. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. It, I think a few weeks ago, I used the word progressive even to, to describe Fred Ridley, but, but I was just sort of like hazarding an educated guess. And I think he does seem seem like a little more conscious of, of uh, he's got a USGA background, uh, won the US Amateur, all that stuff. Um, he does seem to be taking Augusta National in, in good directions. And uh, like you said, it seems like a problem that maybe, look, we overhype press conferences. We talk about it too much, but this is important. He only talks once a year and it gives the state of the game address, so to speak. And they are a leading body, whether they have governing power or not. Um, what he says is, is really important. So that's, I think, you know, sometimes there's, there's nothing much to look forward to with these, but I, I'll be watching closely. And if it's not discussed or he doesn't. It'll get asked. 
It'll get asked. I guess what I was going to say, if he doesn't address it really unprompted, I'll be surprised. I, I think he'll rent it out unsolicited from the start. So, all right. Anything else? We're going to get to Polly with picks. Yeah, let's get to Polly. Hey, do, do we want to talk me... about Lee Elder, the scholarship at all? Or Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I made sort of a lengthy post on Instagram about it. Um, yeah. You know, it was announced early Monday. We, what were we, what were we sort of guessing the Fred Ridley? Maybe the, a tournament the ball. Tournament right? ball. Bryson Band or Bryson's driver, 48. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't, it was much more important than just the, that. So, yeah, Lee Elder Scholarship for Payne College, historically black uh, college and university in Augusta National, in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, they're creating a women's program at Payne College. They're creating a scholarship for the women's program. They're creating a scholarship for the men's program. I thought personally that was the more impactful part of the announcement. Of course, Lee Elder, it's a long time coming. He should be an honorary starter. He should be honored in many different ways by the tournament. Um, but I, I, I think like the next step, the impactful step for the next generation is trying to put their considerable resources into making the game more diverse. And so I, I thought that was more lar- my larger takeaway from it. Um, but good on Fred Ridley. I think he's done a lot of very good things since he became chairman. So do you have any reaction to it? That, I mean, I think you just hit all the, checked all the boxes. I think it's uh, it's it's great. I mean, it's, it's another, I think when you look at all the totality of the things they've been doing lately um, between the Latin American am, the Asian am, all that stuff. It, it, they're doing a, a wonderful job of expanding the footprint of the game in the ways that they can have an impact. And, and what I like about this, this thing is that they're doing it. This, this initiative with the scholarships is right in their home base. Like right. that's, I guess one of the things that I would, you know, have a complaint with is like I would like them to do more and more for Augusta and the area surrounding them as well. And I think that's this is a example of them doing something right in their backyard that's going to be impactful. I thought he was impressive. That's all I'll say. We've said a lot of nice things about Fred Ridley, but he wasn't impre- he was asked about the membership. Does membership reflect the world? He's like, there's always more to do. There's more products progress. We aren't satisfied with that. So um all right, let's get to hey, one quick thing. Just so there's a lot of things that are overdone about the masters or or how people, the media talks about the masters. Like it's just purple and treacly and just way too sappy. Right. But I think like a cool thing that I've seen this week so far is don't take it from the media, take it from the players. Um, And like just how special this tournament is to the players and the game. I know you, you tweet about Max Homa's the podcast that get a grip. I thought that was just really, really cool to hear from the players. You don't need to listen to an essay by Jimmy Roberts, you know, talking about the autumnal, you know, wins and all that stuff, but listening to Max Homa, a player who has this moment of realization in the 11th fairway, they're like, wow, I'm here. Like every player who's touched a golf club has wanted to play this course. Wanted to play this course in the Masters. The whole, the two words where he's like, I'm here, like really hit me standing in the 11th fairway. Like listening to that, 
listening to uh, Roy McIlroy, who's done everything in the game, been everywhere, right? Powerful, uh, as powerful as anyone. Talk about coming to play with his dad last week and how all it does is make him think about how they grew up playing Hollywood golf club together and like just getting chills and goosebumps walking up the 18th fairway. There was Nate Lashley today. I was, I looked up as I was listening to Max Homa talk about the 11th fairway, the I'm here quote, can't believe it. I'm here. There was Nate Lashley was on the TV, uh, like walking up to tiger on the somewhere in the practice area. And like with a flag, like he was a patron. He's like, can you please sign my flag? Like then he took a picture of tiger. He took out his own phone. He took a picture of tiger signing his flag. And you know, I think he got a picture with that, Tiger. That was, that was for the memorabilia guy who was going to hand it over to him. Yeah. <laughs> that was a joke. So anyways, <laughs> like last, like, you know, might look like kind of a, I once saw Bronson Burgoon do that at TPC Avenue. I was like, God, that's kind of like, a Mickey. and he kept inviting his relatives and Tiger was clearly getting annoyed. But like, this is what the Masters does. And take it from the players. It's cool. Like, you don't need to listen to us. It is certainly overpraised in some respects and overdone. But listening to the players and watching the players and seeing what it means to them, I think, is indicative of all that this tournament uh, has come to meant to the game. And I'm glad we're getting it in November. So Yeah, that Max pod, it, it just jogs some some feels emotions it'd be like it, growing up playing golf like that's the thing you dream of like you dream of like playing competitive golf like you dream of playing in the masters one one day and to hear max talk like it was brilliant how they they waited till after his first practice round just to talk about being there for the first time because you like you could just hear it in his voice like the yeah exactly what he was going through and, and you could think about it in your head like for him like how long you know he was a very he won the 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 pack 12 NCAA yeah, yeah won the NCAA like he was a ballyhooed player like he's had to wait like it and and I'm sure like every year he got into the USAM he was thinking about it like oh if I make a run I could get into the Masters like <laughs> And like to hear, it was just such a cool podcast. And one of the neat things is that Shane and him have built up such a rapport because they've done so many podcasts. You aren't going to get that type of comfort and like ability to really tell a story from any player. And after their first time, that's the only, you know, until there's another player that has a regular podcast with a talented you know, uh, co-hosts like, all right, all right. Hurricane, I, come on. No, but, I but I'm, I, you know, there, you're never going to have a podcast like that podcast. I, I just thought you think it was it's an so, artifact yeah, a piece of I golf thought, history. I thought it was so cool because it was like, just, I, I sat, I, I could, it was so vivid. I, I highest praise. Go listen to that. Just turn off our podcast right. and go over and listen. To that. <laughs> Same way, Rory's comments for me, vivid. Like talking about getting chills. Like nothing, he's done everything in the game. Why should he get chills? But you think so? And, and one more, then we'll go to Polly. I'll go I'm making dinner, and there's John Rahm on the chipping, the, yes. the short game area. Like, I'm sorry, this isn't happening at the US Open or the PGA or the, you know, the whatever, the WGC Memphis. 
There was Jose Maria Olathebel, Olathebel, however you want to pronounce it. The short game master, the well, those 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 Sports Illustrated articles, all the that we read, he's like the hands of a seamstress with the heart of a warrior, and uh, like a lot of the ball is the and the the lead of Michael Bamberger's book, the the second life of Tiger Woods, was how Tiger last year, twenty nineteen, found a lot of the ball in the short game area, and a lot of was like, you don't need anything from me, you're just like kind of humoring me, like this bullshit, like don't. And, and no, Tiger wanted to pick his brain. Olathebel's like barely a not competitive golfer anymore, but you're not going to see that anywhere else. There's the whole Spaniard connection that seemed real and genuine watching uh, Jose Maria really gesticulating, really emotional. He's, you know, mimicking the pointing to the, putting his finger in the turf, put the ball in this lie and, and you're getting too shell like, it was John Rahm's the best fucking player in the world. And there's a Spaniard connection and there's this master that's not really out on tour ever, not in the game. And that's the thing you're going to see at the masters that I thought was cool. Go ahead. I don't know if you had the sound on, but Rich Lerner was saying that, you know, he might not want to put all the stuff that Jose Maria was telling him into, into action, which there could be some truth to that, but I, I don't, I didn't need to hear it at that time. I needed to hear you know, he should be soaking up everything because that's the way I have <laughs> Jose Maria in my head. Yeah, I think Jose Maria talked about that with Sevi too. Sevi taking him around doing some of the similar short games. So another thing, just cool. We've we've kind of, we've fluffed the Masters, but I, if you can't tell, we're very excited for this week. So let's get to uh, Fried Egg Polly. Let's do some one and done picks, maybe some props, throw some of these props at them, maybe, you know, low 60 and over crowd, something like that. So let's, let's dial up for fried egg Polly. All right. We now welcome in fried egg Polly, the betting export of elite sports betting.com and elite fantasy.com also known as fried egg Polly on Twitter, still making picks at fried egg joined us last year at the Bixby house where we peppered him with questions on Ian Woosnam, which I don't think he was prepared for, but yet had instant expert advice. <laughs> Polly. How are we doing this year? Doing good. How are you? We're doing well. We are doing well. Can't complain. Uh, excited for the November Masters. I guess first, from a betting perspective, Andy and I have talked at length about you know different conditioning and weather. Is there anything different from the sort of handicapping point of view about a November Masters versus April? Uh, the, the only thing that's different about the course is the fact that it's going to play slightly longer. Uh, maybe right. a little bit softer, so it maybe it leans a little bit more towards bombers than it would in April. Okay, all right. That's uh, interesting. Andy, go ahead. I would agree yeah. with that. I mean, distance yeah. is an advantage everywhere. It's, it's even greater advantage at Augusta. And it might be even greater advantage this week. Um, should we make one and done picks before we forget? Andy? Yeah, because I know I'm going to forget. What's the one and done strategy this week, Polly? I know it's you know still early in the year. I know I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm saving my guys for the QBE shootout. You know, I am uh, any, any strategy one run and done other than, you know, use your best guy. It's a big purse and it's the end of the year. No, I mean, at this time of the year, it's kind of see who you have left, but if you're down to a couple guys, I, I would take a look and see what uh, people ahead of you in the standings have left. Uh, so uh. You know, if, if one of the guys ahead of you has McElroy left, you probably don't want to use him if you're trying to leapfrog him in the standings. That sounds like a little too much work for well. my, you know, general <laughs> approach to things. Um, 
Did I tell you guys, did I tell the story, Andy, that I was approached recently by a major publication of some renown? Asked me to write like a weekly gambling or picks or fantasy <laughs> column. Did I tell this story on the podcast? I don't know if I... You told me I privately, like, but not... I was like, uh, are you familiar with my work or familiar with what I do or familiar with my picks at all? And uh, it's like, I don't know that I'm right for this position or that I want this. But yeah, just to, to the larger point, that sounds like a lot of work. Maybe I'll do it. But I am towards the bottom uh, of everyone in Dunn League. I think I'm in. Uh, so I'll look at a few of the guys ahead of so me. So who are you but, taking? Well, I want to. Can I ask Polly or is that yeah, cheating? You can ask Polly. Polly, so who would you take between? Between DJ and Rory, uh, I would go DJ this week. Okay, save Rory for the RSM or the father son, <laughs> something like that. Um, okay, why, why DJ over Rory, or why I mean, not he, Rory? Well, DJ just coming in in better form, right? He's been top six in yeah. each of his last six events. Uh, he's also the betting favorite with Bryson in the event here, uh, and and we've seen Rory not be able to close the deal if you're trying to get. A bunch of money for your league to get out of the basement of the seller's st- of the standings. You probably got a better chance of DJ winning than Roy this week. Also, do you factor in with, from a gambling perspective if you've already had the COVID and there's no risk of getting testing positive mid tournament, getting popped? That that's less risk, right? Risk management if you've already yeah, had it. I would guess so, but I don't, don't really factor that in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah, sticking to the golf, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I will go. Then I guess I'll go with DJ. Probably nobody ahead of me is taking him, right? You know, it's not a popular pick this week. I'll go with Dustin Johnson and one and done. Andy, who do you like? So uh, I've, I'm in in the one one league that I've been in forever. I'm in 15th place, and they pay out 15 spots, and this is the last event of the year. I've had a really rough, uh, rough stretch of events the last eight or so i got rory and cantlay left i asked i asked paulie over text rory or cantlay. oh okay yeah. that, that, that that would be the play over cantlay correct he says rory so i'm going wow rory. i've trusted why, why not cantlay I can, this why way not... i gotta blame it on paulie if i yeah. if i if i don't win That's perfect why not cantlay paulie I mean, Rory just has a better chance to win at this point, and he's 15th in his standings. So if he's just trying to maintain or move up in his standings, Rory would be uh, would be the player over Cantlin. He's got more upside. I should add personal anecdotal, um, you know, sort of support for Paulie's insights. You know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry these days seems to have some sort of betting sleeper, betting column. Paulie, like, you know, he's not out there, you know, town himself too much but the guy he picks like he puts the work in andy claims he never sleeps he's just always grinding always researching uh i think he you gave me zalatoris for a head-to-head at the winged foot i drove up to pennsylvania made some money on that i follow your picks colin and fried egg uh so paulie like listen i can we can fully vouch for paulie paulie are you interested in a turvis by the way <laughs> a what shotgun <laughs> start turvis <laughs> We have sure. to clear them out. We didn't read the fine print, so we got to give them away or try to sell them by the end of November. So we'll send you a service. Uh, yeah. All right. So you're going, Rory, based on Polly's advice. I'm going DJ based on Polly's advice. Uh, what? What? Polly, who are I you taking? Yeah, who are you taking? Uh, if I would still have them available, since I'm not in, in one of your guys' leagues, I'd be actually taking Bubba Watson this week. Whoa! Okay. I got him available. Should I take Bubba? 
I, I mean, I'd still take – Rory still has a better chance to win. I just think Bubba's a, you know, a, a kind of non-chalk play. If people are trying to search for a play, then they don't have all the, you know, the top players left in their league. All right. Okay. Hey, you, what, you is, like, what uh, is – You like Bubba, even though the mud balls could be prevalent. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's actually a great spot for Bubba this week. I mean, he's he, he's been hitting the ball great. Uh, if you look at the last two times he won the Masters, uh, like the four events leading up to that, he gained over 30 strokes on approaching off the tee in both those times. He pretty much did the exact same thing his last four events coming into this week. Wow. Interesting. And he always wins in even years. And it is an even year. That's correct for those superstitious people out there. Hey, Paulie, because we never really talk about Tiger, is there any value in any format in Tiger? Or do you, what are your expectations for Tiger? Where, where, you know, is it just, you know, he's overvalued or there's no value in taking Tiger in any way? Yeah, Tiger's pretty much overvalued in, in, in any type of format, whether it's betting, daily fantasy, leagues, <laughs> one and done, anything, because he's going to be popular, right? So okay. there's no real reason to pick him. And he's always overvalued upon what he's going to, you know, actually perform in the event. People may think he's going to win the event again, but he's most likely probably going to finish somewhere between 20th and 30th probably is what I expect for him. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Do you uh, think, Andy, do you want to talk about daily? Uh, <coughs> go ahead. Do you like John Rahm's chances go ahead. better now that he got a hole-in-one? Well, you, you mean one-and-a-half hole-in-ones after the water oh. shot today? Yeah. You're not counting that? Well, I'm calling it one and a half because he made an ace yesterday, yeah. and then he made I a, know. a half ace today, right? So I don't know that's a half. I think it's probably like two and a half when you do the <laughs> degree of difficulty of using the H2O. I, I, I don't know. That that seems like you're giving him short change, short changing him. Um, all right, anything else? Uh, Ram is my pick to win, by the way. I already burned him probably on some terrible, terrible tournament. Maybe he wasn't even <laughs> Are you sure he used there. him? Yeah, I just looked it up. I guess I did. Uh, but he's my pick to win. I, I think he should be the favorite. Getting, get, not based on any not based on any analytical trends or deep research, but based on the uh, emotional romanticism of watching him being tutored by Jose Maria Olatabo <laughs> in the short game shot. So it's nothing hard there. So, uh, so who's so, your pick to win, Andy? By the way, outside of one and done. I'm taking Rory now. I'm all. Okay. I don't. I don't mess around. What's I gotta? <laughs> I've picked Rom all year long. All year long, I said Rom's gonna win the Masters. But now that we're here, I don't have Rom available. He's not winning. Rory's winning. Talk about romanticizing. Uh, Rory is a very romantic pick. Paulie, who's your outright winner? Setting aside all value odds, one and. Who do you think? Who's the favorite for you? Like favorite, it would be Dustin Johnson this week without any odds. Yep. Okay. All right. Fantastic. All, All right. right. Well, let's let's throw some DraftKings questions at him, Andy. I drafted a lineup again, Polly. So I'm going to oh, take God. you through my decisions, and you tell me if I'm if I'm on the right play or not. So I I looked oh, at sounds the, good. I looked at the top tier, and I just I really like. Patrick Cantlay at 9,600 is my most expensive player. Am I making a mistake bypassing all the other guys? Yeah, I think you're making a mistake passing up on Dustin Johnson. So Dustin Johnson's at 10,000, uh, which is kind of mispriced because they released the prices a couple weeks ago and didn't realize that DJ was going to be really kind of fully healthy back here. Uh, at 10,000, that's the uh, fifth most expensive player in the field, yet he's the favorite to win the event with DeChambeau. So why is he $1,200 less than Bryson DeChambeau? 
All right, we're gonna find out who I can who we can switch because you just made a really good case. I I'm gonna have to find four hundred dollars in here. Um. Okay. So I so that's who you like really at the top tier. Do you like anybody else up there? Uh, n- not as much as DJ. I, I don't mind playing Shoffley at ninety eight hundred. I think there's some value on him there as well. Just I almost so took him. I mean, he's been what twenty fifth or better in sixteen of his last seventeen events and was top 20 in nine of his last 13 majors. Got to play with Jason Kokrak and Henrik Stenson in the first two rounds, though. I don't know that I well, like that. Well, no, Stenson may withdraw after a round. There's a decent chance of that. Yeah, that that's, true. that's true. Does Stet- is Stetson still not hitting a driver? We should I, check yeah, in I, with I actually, him. I actually do not know what he's going to do. They haven't really shown him at all on TV in any of the events that he's been playing the last couple of weeks. Um, he's trying to sell sunglasses and stuff. I don't think he's into golf anymore. I I took uh I took now at eighty eight hundred next. I actually agree with that. He's a very good uh, good player. He's been top ten in both Masters appearances here. He's third wow. in par five scoring, fifth in driving distance, seventh in birdies, and top fifteen in approach and off the tee as well. All right, he so he's so staying numbers. in there. He's got so many numbers. He just yep. starts rattling them off. It's unbelievable the research he's got at his fingertips. So I'm guessing you like Bubba at nine thousand too. I I do like Bubba at nine thousand. That's correct. Um. Oh, I had I had Kepka at ninety seven hundred. What do you think of that? Uh, I think we might have found your way to buy down. But didn't you say Cantley was your most expensive guy in your lineup? <laughs> I misread. What's going on here? <laughs> I, they were in different order. I thought the most okay. expensive was at the top. Well, well, then if you want to make your switch, you can do this way. You can buy down from Kepka to Bubba Watson, uh, and then you can buy up to DJ from Cantley. You okay. said something a few years ago, I'll never forget, that it's not a bad idea to leave money on the table. Yeah, if, if you're trying to win like the million dollar contest on DraftKings, it's okay to t- leave, you know, maybe three, four, five hundred on the table because it's going to make your, your lineup unique. Because most people get to their last player and they say, Oh, I have $8,300 left. And they just look at the $8,300 player and choose. So it kind of just creates a little bit of uniqueness if you have, you know, a couple hundred thousand entries to beat. Look at that. That's, uh, yeah, are you concerned I mean, about Bryson? Unique. Are you concerned about Bryson being sponsored now by DraftKings? Anything sort of illicit going on behind the scenes now that they're in cahoots? Is there, no, is there not at probably all. kind of tip the scales? Okay. All right. Just want to make sure everything's on the up and up. What else you got, Andy? All right. I got at $8,500, Matthew Wolf. Is this a mistake? No. Uh, Wolf's actually the, one of the guys I love this week uh, behind Bubba. Uh, so he's played, obviously, two majors this year. There's only two majors he played. Finished second and fourth. Both those times he gained at least seven strokes on approach. Uh, if he does that again this week, he's got a good chance to win. He's also sixth in driving distance and eighth in birdies, which is good for uh, DraftKings scoring. Hey, I gotta, I gotta ask: Does the golf world owe an apology to Skip Bayless for his for maligning his take <laughs> that Ricky was too short to win a major? I, I don't think anyone should ever uh, apologize to Bayless. So, for any- it's a good point. That's a good point. Good answer. <laughs> Terrible question. Good answer. All right. Um, you don't like Ricky though this week. I, I I do not. No, not at all. Me either. Is he in the field? I don't think he should even be allowed to play. Quite honestly, like he's just sort of in a. He's just there to get activated. He's shooting Mercedes commercials. He's barely top fifty. I'm just not sure. Like 
he should be allowed to play this year. Okay. So because well, of my reckless spending, I'm dropping way down to 7,000, and I'm picking up poor-ass Northeast Ohio boy Jason Kokrak. There we go. But there believe it or not, I, I, I like Kokrak as well this week. So he's been uh, 17th, <laughs> oh, he's 17th and better in six of his last seven events, uh, fourth in birdies, 11th in par five scoring, and uh, also top 15 off the tee and driving distance. The crazy thing is he's been much better putting. Uh, so putting. pretty much over, over the last, like, you know, four or five events, he's second on tour in putting when he's normally about field average putter. Might be, we might be looking at the Ron Thick Boy. The Ron Thick Boy. You can slip it, maybe a bigger boy slipping into a green jacket come uh, Sunday <laughs> afternoon, Sunday evening. What if, what if Jason Kokrak, Masters champion, Tiger putting the coat on him? That would be something else. He's his first timer, though, it looks like, right? He's a first timer. Now, okay. it paid me not going Westy in this spot. Do you like Westy? Yeah, I, I actually like Westy to make the cut here. I don't think he has as much upside as Kokrak, but he's a guy who's probably got a better chance to, you know, let's say make the cut uh, th- than Kokrak because Westwood just is kind of super flat line, but uh, isn't going to make as many birdies as Kokrak either, though. Anybody else you like in the, like the in the high seven thousands that I just had to skip over because of my my spending at the top. Uh, I mean, you have like Scotty Scheffler at 7,800 just because he bombs it off the tee and has played well in big events, right? He finished fourth at the PGA. Uh, he played well in the FedEx Cup playoffs as well and now seems to kind of be, you know, healthy after his uh, bout with COVID. Why is Louis 7,900? Uh, you think that's too high or too low? Cause I think too the price low. Is right. it's, it's too low. I mean, he, he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't finished high in a major in a couple of years, right? And what it, about the, the Masters- U.S. Open? What did he, where did he finish at the U.S. Open this year? It like wasn't fourth that, it wasn't or fifth. Game. Was it? Okay, I, I don't recall that off the top of my head. Oh, actually, you know, yeah, I, I do remember that now. Yeah, I think it was third, actually. Okay, yeah, so but besides that, at the Masters, he hasn't had a, a finish better than 12th since he, uh, whatever, finished runner-up in, I think it was 2012, I think. So uh, that's probably why you're getting the price that's depressed under 8000 God, it's crazy that Frank... Molinari 6,700 the year after he was in the final group and like it, you know, but I guess how do you do in Houston? He was okay. Right. 18 in Houston. Okay. Uh, yeah. Molinari, I think 15th in Houston, I think off the top of my head. Something like that. Pretty good after just going, you know, off the grid for a while. So um, I had Homa 6,400. Should I stick with Homa or should I, should I move? Should I move off Max? Uh, I, I don't mind Homa this week. I mean, he's a pretty good ball striker, so that works out pretty well at Augusta, right? So, I mean, anytime you go below 7,000, you're just trying to hit somebody here that can finish, you know, top 20, top 30 to kind of fill out your lineup. Yeah. All right. I'm good. Anybody else you like down there? Uh, I mean, it has to be a couple hundred hours more, but I don't mind somebody like a, like a Corey Connors, who's, who's a little bit better ball striker than Homa and may have a little bit more upside to finish, you know, top 10, top 15. Whereas I think that might be kind of hard for Homa to, to finish top 10 in the event. Eight wait, you better wait, you better wait to see, listen after Fred Ridley tomorrow. It yeah. could be a surprise announcement, CT machine on the first tee, then Connor, Hold off on putting Connors in your All lineup. Right. And- I'm going to keep Homa in for now, but we'll see what, what the Riddler says tomorrow. <laughs> I I like this. I, I think we really worked out some kinks in the roster here. 
There you what go. What are your notes? What are your notes and research say on Sandy Lyle? He's wearing <laughs> suspenders. He's back. And will he finish better than Larry Mize? Will he? Be, you know, where do you got Sandy Lyle? Does he have potential to make the cut? Uh, I mean, he hasn't made the cut in five years. His last best finish he had was in 2014 <laughs> when he finished 44. So. It's not that long ago. <laughs> best, I mean, best finish outside of the win. <laughs> Don't forget. Uh, I mean, he's made the cut uh, twice in ten years. It's it's uh it's one less one less than Larry Mize. Would that's you, true. Would that's... you would you take Mize or Lyle in a head to head? Uh, I, I would actually take uh, Larry Mize in a head to head. Larry like favored. Can believe, we find that anywhere? Can we find believe, that as a sports book? Believe it, believe it or not, there are some books that do offer that matchup. Yes, <laughs> let's do that. Do you want to get in on that? Do you do you do you want to go head to head, Brendan? Do you want Lyle or yeah, Mize? Yes, I'll take. Who do you want? I, I want I mean, Lyle. Larry, okay, I'll take Larry Mize then. We got to do another. Can we do? Hey, Paulie, is Spieth versus Chaz another good head to head? Yeah, I, is I that it? I would have Spieth favored in that, though. But is it is it kind of in the same range? Is that not uh, too no, outlandish? I, I, I would have Spieth probably about a 55-60% favorite over uh, Reeve in that matchup. Can you give us you a couple that? good matchups? Give us a couple good hey, matchups, and we'll just go off. No, Andy, we got to rekindle, though, the Spieth versus Chez. You ride with Chez, I got Spieth. So you got, I don't you got, want Chez. You got Chez <laughs> and Sandy Lyle. Chez is overhyped. Chez is way overhyped oh. now. Golf.com's always doing these big features on them. Cisco. Yeah. Cisco, the, the, you know, the tail's wagging the dog. They're doing content, Chez content based off Cisco. Yeah, um, he's overexposed. Right. Paulie, you gave us, I think it was, was it Zalatoris versus Homa for Wingfoot that you were like, that's, let's get in on that. Is that, was that the head to head? Yes, I, I believe that was the one, yeah. Are there any this week, any kind of head-to-heads that you that you find particularly appetizing or you see value in that um, you feel uh, okay disclosing to a bunch of yo-yos? Yeah, yeah. There, there, was, a, there was a couple. There was one of them out there that was actually a, a Mike Weir bet, believe it or not, uh, on Mike Weir. Uh, so they had Mike Weir paired up against uh, Lucas Michel, who is the uh, U.S. Mid-Am champion. So they Great actually had that. Head. That was actually a matchup you could bet. And I, I actually bet on Weir there. Uh, and the reason why is, you know, Weir's actually played good in the Champions Tour. What a, yeah. you know, could, could have won what a couple weeks ago, except for I think that was the one that Phil won, right? And, and yeah. you're having, you know, against a, a mid amateur who hasn't really been playing that good besides uh, his mid am victory. He played pretty good at the Azalea last week. You know, and he came yeah, out dry a, egg pod. It's a sli- <laughs> it's a slightly different feel than you know. You know, being able to play your first uh, experience at Augusta might be a little bit awe-inspiring. Where That's Mike Weir is the best player in the world, but I think he's has has enough form to where he can probably uh, beat him in a head-to-head. All right, I'm That's taking a, Lucas. That's a awesome head-to-head, Mike Weir, Wounded Duck Weir versus the Mid-Am. Any other head-to-heads that jump out to you as either uh, valuable, amusing, or otherwise? Yeah, there was one. There was uh, they offered uh, Xander Shoffley against uh, Ricky Fowler, actually. Uh, oh my god kind of heavy on trophy it was minus 160 which is like about 60 percent roughly uh 61 percent but that that's one where i have shoffley winning that closer to probably 75 percent of the time over fowler so that was one of my bigger edges of the week there just because as we've talked about shoffley's really good majors 
playing really well and Fowler just really hasn't been playing well the last like six months. I think the every year there should be the Willett Spieth head to head every single year. That one's actually a pretty good one. I, I would have those guys ranked pretty similar this week. Oh my God. Remember when Danny Willett he thought he was out of professional golf, more or less? Like he just knew he was going to do the green jacket ceremony for Sergio after finding stuff to do in Augusta for two days. That was, yeah, unbelievable. That's kind of an equal head to head now. <laughs> Might have been um, hanging out with the uh, bacon at the mellow mushroom. <laughs> any uh, any props that are out there? Everybody get you know. There's just they all sorts of things around the Masters. Any we were reading about Bryson props over under three eighty five point five drive like anything that jumped out to you in the prop section yeah i i actually uh, played the, the bryson over distance when it was released early in the week it, it was 380 and a half yards uh oh, so I, I actually it was released monday morning so that might have been part of the reason why it went up to 385 but uh wow if you look at the fact he's gonna hit drive every hole and the fact i understand it's gonna be wet maybe not as warm as it is in april but there's a couple holes where he's going to get some extra distance. Example, like hole number two, if he hits a really good drive, it's going to hit that downslope, and it's going to release all the way down there, and he's going to get 30, 40 yards of extra roll. Same is true on 15. If he hits a good drive on 15 past the crest of the hill, I think he's going to get a little bit of extra roll there, and one of those two holes is where he's going to hit that drive over 380 and a half. That's, those were the two that, I mentioned. When that's we were why talking you got to get on Paulie's uh, service. Because yeah. you get you lock in the bet early. Exactly. Yep. Elite sports betting. Is that right? Elitefantasy.com. Yep. Elite sports yep. betting.com. All yep. right. Anything else, Andy? You good? I'm good. You I'm done good. pestering? Yeah. Yeah. All I'm right. looking at all these head to head matchups now. Paulie, uh, what? Do you have any comments? No. 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 I, I mean, I, Paulie, I don't know. There's great- too much going on here. <laughs> Polly, we greatly appreciate your time. He's at Fried Egg Polly on Twitter. Maybe as a token of appreciation, we will it's a sacrifice, but maybe we could send you a, a turvis as a token. <laughs> that appreciation. Uh thank you for joining us. Everybody Just don't, uh, don't sell it online. That's all you can't yeah. sell it <laughs> Make sure no e-commerce with, with that cup. So all right. Uh thanks again to Polly. Everyone enjoy the masters. We will be back podcasting with regularity and frequency this week uh it's a tradition unlike any other and everybody enjoy it